Welcome, witches and ghouls. We are pleased to say that we are now a part of the Morbidly Beautiful podcast network and family. Morbidly Beautiful is your macabre home away from home with horror news, reviews, editorials, and more. Morbidly Beautiful supports everyone in the horror community from special effects artists, indie filmmakers, writers, women, LGBTQ folks, and so much more. And we are so happy to be part of the spooky team. Please go to morbidlybeautiful.com to find out more. And now, on with the show. Spit on your podcast, a monthly horror podcast brought to you by the Spencers of Horror. This is the time once a month where Jess puts down her bloody knitting needles and I step away from the TV to discuss horror movies and sometimes other horror mediums with thoughtful analysis, research, and passion. And in this episode, we are talking about spooky women with a focus on our queen of camp and horror, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So pick your poison and listen on if you dare. Wanna talk tough movies? Here's a superhero with the biggest pair of all. You looking for me? There she was, just walking down the street singing. Miss Elvira is a slimy, slithering succubus, a concubine, a streetwalker, a trap. Yes, she's got it all. She's everything you've ever wanted in a movie. A woman and a casserole. You'll see lots of weird romance. What's that perfume you're wearing? Super unleaded. Don't smoke. Loads of drooling madness. Ew, I hope you change the sheets. Hey, Elvira, we got us a couple more volunteers. Great, just grab a tool and start banging. A whole gang of awesome monsters. I'm fast, chill, you know it. And a few sleazy experiments. And there's nothing wrong with G-rated movies as long as there's lots of sex and violence. The charge is elvira as elvira mistress of the dark but if they ever ask about me tell them i was more than just a great set of it's the greatest double feature of all time so kelly tell us about your uh, history with elvira mistress of the dark I have a long and sordid history with Elvira. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a very young girl, I actually remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark many, many times on an old taped from TV VHS. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, age and ourselves. Yeah, we had here. a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw Monster Squad, it was on a taped VHS. Like we had a lot nice. of those yeah. um, at home. To, my dad taped all that stuff from TV and and whatnot. And I, my dad definitely knows who Elvira is. He's a he's a man of the eighties. 70s and 80s so he definitely knows who she is and also you know she's a sexy spooky lady so my dad definitely knows oh who for she sure is. so yeah. he kind of I guess he probably introduced me to her but I remember watching it a lot and then as I got older I bought it on VHS which I still have and then DVD and I would love that is it Arrow that Arrow released a video yes Oh, yes. I would love that Blu-ray release like that. I'll put that on my maybe my birthday present to myself this year list because I need every iteration of Vira Mistress of the Dark, obviously. Mm, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So I've been a huge fan, really, for as long as I absolutely can remember. It's funny because your and I's story or an origin story with Elvira is very different. Like, I didn't know anything about the movie Macabre until much later in life. For me, it was always like, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark movie. Okay. Since, like, until I became an adult and I learned about her being, like, a horror hostess in the 80s and more about her life and career that way. But to me, so much of my my history was with, like, just with this movie. And I'm like, this is Elvira, this character. She's amazing. This is, you know, this is this spooky woman that I admired for so long. And, uh, you know, she definitely is one of the main women to help uh, form who I am today. Well, I would definitely say for me, like, with Elvira, like, I always knew who she was, but I never actually watched anything of her like she was like mm. that pop culture icon that you know who they are but you just you yeah. you weren't you didn't explore and because of my background I wasn't really able to explore that type of stuff where mm. I lived but when later on when I moved out of my own and I started watching some horror movies but more of like the movies from the 40s 50s 60s like those B horror movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's how I found out uh, Elvira I was dating my first mm. boyfriend Noah at the time and I ended up finding the movie Macabre's and that's mm-hmm. when I, I that's where I did, was uh, introduced to Elvira and like I said I yeah. fell in love with this spooky horror host I thought she was hilarious but then she also like really portrays that really like spooky atmosphere at times in her movie mm-hmm. Macabre's so yeah. from there I became obsessed with finding them and it was really nice too because like they were like those cheap five dollar DVDs so like you had oh, to yeah. find them like at Walmart and it'd be like this awesome find you're like yes and he grab it or HMV or what was he at CD plus sometimes would carry mm-hmm. them <laughs> and then yeah my first copy of Elvira Mistress of the Dark was on DVD and I watched it I remember at first being a bit disappointed because I was like mm. I thought it'd be more spooky and more like mm. you know gothic yeah. and stuff like that yeah yeah and so like at first like I didn't really like it and then I over time grew to really like it because like, I ended up growing to love the character of Elvira herself mm-hmm. and seeing what she was and so yeah since then I've been trying to collect all her movie macabre so I've got a lot of their older ones mm-hmm. I want to collect a lot of her newer ones that came out mm-hmm. and I've met her twice Cassandra Peterson both uh, dresses Elvira at Fan Expo many many years ago Ago, and then again at Ottawa Comic Con as uh, Cassandra Peterson mm-hmm. and then I am obsessed with one day having that sideshow collector statue of her uh, <laughs> coming out of the coffin so <laughs> I think with her I end up learning that women can be spooky but also could be funny as well and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of like been introduced into kind of like the bit of the persona that I have where I was like you know I try to be spooky but I'm awkward as fuck so <laughs> I, I own both are you saying that you think you're funny <laughs> I think I'm funny I think you're adorable <laughs> yeah I can see where you thought that like it would be very like gothic horror because it was all mm-hmm. very atmospheric when she was doing the posting of it like the big couch and like candle bras and just like yeah, spooky cobwebs yeah. and stuff like that whereas the movie is like can't be as fuck yes exactly <laughs> 
exactly. I love it. But I'm glad that you came to to love the um, campiness and goofiness and wonderfulness of the movie. She was even campy in her movie Macabre, but I mm-hmm. guess those didn't stand out to, as much to me as it yeah. does in the movie. So totally, it was totally totally different. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say. So speaking of Alvira, Mistress of the Dark, yes. what do you like about the movie now that you like it? <laughs> now, yeah, now that I like it, now I love it. I love the character of Elvira, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how campy it is and how they make her like a descendant of a witch, which is like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, like, you know, Elvira's got some witchy roots to her. It is, the acting is really interesting and good. Like, it's not, no, I think it's, I don't want to say it's not the greatest. I just think it's really great the fact that she used a lot of her friends from the Groundlings productions that she used to do and they were trying to do a lot more improvisation in there mm-hmm. so there's a really lot of good campy lines um, I love its central message that you know even though you're a weirdo you can churn things around and you, your life is your own and you can make it however you want it you know and don't put people down mm-hmm. um, don't let um, right side mindedness keep you from being yourself Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I like about the movie. It's a very heartwarming tale. It's a very heartwarming <laughs> tale with like, you know, a sexy horror hostess and, you know, it also gets to put horror in a different light too as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, represented, show it as something that it can be fun as well as scary and stuff like that. But, you know, people can always still have a good time and you can't judge a book by its cover. Just because you look <laughs> a certain way doesn't mean you are a certain way. Exactly. I love that. You can't judge a book by its cover. See, that's yeah. why you're adorable. <laughs> Um, I love what do you like? Of, uh, I love all of those things as well, most most definitely. And and folks, we did our Spencer's After Dark event with a watch party of Avira, Mistress of the Dark, and yes. holy moly, that movie is also just so perfect and fun to like watch with a bunch of people because it's it's just a blast. And even after all this time, I can catch little things that mm-hmm. you know that are funnier now than they used to be, or just just little details that uh, I really enjoy. There's still that one joke that you and I still don't understand and I was trying to think of it today but I couldn't really I think it's when she's in the car talking to the mechanic or or yes. somebody no the cop the cop when he's right. like giving her a ticket and she's like I'll hump a few bars or something like that yeah. I'm like yeah. I don't get this I still joke. don't get it. I took like five minutes during that watch party. To, I was like, I still don't get it. It's fine. Maybe it's just like an older joke and it's maybe, a, maybe. like a saying from like the 70s or something. So either yeah. way, I love just everything about that movie. And there may be nostalgia uh, clouding some of it because I watched this when I was very, very young and I've mm. watched it a million times in 36 years of life. And I love it's campy. She's vampy. Nice. I do love the horror. Campy and vampy Mm, just a classic and eh, I think it's hilarious like I still think it's funny I still think it's a blast I I also love the the premise like I just love and this is what I love about spooky women like her is like she just blows into town like and blows the minds of all these very small town highly conservative people yeah and they're just like who is this woman and what does she do? And she is a whore and she is this, she's a tramp. She's just like, they definitely overly because she looks sexual, Mm. sexual. They're going to over like make her overly sexualized or hypersexualized. And 
and put her down for that. And Chastity Pariah, oh, mm, she's so <laughs> wonderful. She so wonderful. Just like a ridiculous name. And she was just such a great, great character. She was such a great actress for that. I love the kids coming together to help her because oh, teenagers yeah. like we're just they're just so much more accepting and tolerant of, of yeah the weirdos and the outcasts and like all the adults were against her immediately they like, didn't give her the benefit of the doubt they didn't try at all but the kids did I love that I do like the witchcraft element I liked having like oh what's Elvira's actually mm. history what's her backstory what's Elvira's yeah. like origin story and I'm like oh witchy <laughs> I was hoping she was a vampire oh, okay. but um, turned out that she's a witch and that's fine gone the end show in Vegas is just like iconic and so 80s and beautiful and sexy and spooky um yeah and of course Elvira because this is the this is the reason why we're here this is the reason why I'm here and she's totally one of the reasons why I am who I am and she is amazing and of course we'll talk all about Elvira later is there anything you dislike about the movie there isn't too much I dislike about it like yeah some of the effects are pretty cheesy but that's a product of its time it was in the dead in the 1980s Mm -hmm. I think the character of Bob is pretty one one note like oh, he's yeah. just he's totally like, one dimensional. He's one dimensional. <laughs> it's really he's just there to kind of like be play that opposite to Elvira to really like put her like up, like really, mm-hmm. you know, give her notice. But like he's so awkward. And I'm just like, why, Elvira? Why? He's- yeah. <laughs> he just like he's this big, big like tofu cake, not a beef cake. He's a tofu cake. And you know, yeah. he's just like, look how handsome he is. He's all big and strong. And I guess it's just that's the men that she likes. Yeah. And like yeah. looking at that town, there's probably not tons of options <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is very true so she's kind of like you know oh. she gets that but yeah no there isn't too much i don't like about this film because i i think nostalgia clouds my 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 thoughts about it like i said when i very first watched it i didn't like it because i was like well this is too campy this is all funny like yeah. i was i was looking for like a vira mistress of the dark some kind of scary and almost like yeah like you said vampy kind of type uh horror-esque movie yeah and then it turned into like you know, scary, but not really scary and just more funny and more lighthearted. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything I like. Another thing I actually do like about it and when I think about it is that there's a lot of um, horror tropes and a mm-hmm. lot of like horror throwbacks in the movie that you don't really notice in the mm-hmm. sense of like you talking about like the kids coming together to fight mm-hmm. the bad guy. Well, it's kind of like, you know, very similar to like Nightmare on Elm Street and, and that realm of things, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. But then of course, like the whole like hand coming off, maybe think of like Evil Dead. And mm-hmm. but then I also know she likes to give a lot of throwbacks to like older films from the 40s and 50s so Mm -hmm. yeah anyway what about you What, what do you dislike I don't dislike anything. I have a lot of fun with this movie. It's totally a comfort mm-hmm. film of mine. So yeah. I just like, it's not, I don't think it's anything to be taken seriously, even though there's yeah. aspects that I take seriously just personally and in, in my personality. And it's, I think it's for being as campy as it is, it has a really, has a lot of really wonderful things to say, like very positive things to say. Yeah. And, and I liked your point about it being great for the horror community. Cause yes, it shows that yep, horror can be fun. It can be campy. It can be weird, but then spooky and you got monsters coming out of pot that she's like just <laughs> just a mistake because yes. she yeah. thinks that worms and food is like normal I don't I just so again I think I'm Elvira's like me in the kitchen I was like is this normal is this okay I don't know this is I don't know just a recipe. I don't know if it's okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah just because she you know looks the way that she is doesn't mean that she is going to be you know just like this terrible sexual predator and terrible yeah. person so I, I do love that too well she celebrates her body in the sense of yep. like Elvira's like 
yeah, I'm sexy. I, I like to wear something low cut every once in a while, like mm-hmm. you know, or all the time. She has one outfit. Or all the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's sparkly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Love um, it. Yeah. Oh, so goodness. no dislikes. Just no dislikes. Just one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, well, I never. Yeah, and you never will with them soup cans on your head. Listen, young lady, I don't know who you are or where you came from, but you most certainly don't fit in this town. Why, you don't even fit in that dress. Listen, sister, if I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I beat it. So on that note, talking about the film, let's talk about the woman behind Elvira, Cassandra Peterson herself. Cassandra Peterson. She was born September 17th, 1951 in Manhattan, Kansas, USA. So she's in her 60s, folks. Now She's like, what, 63 or something like that? Yeah, she's like 63, 64. And she is still awesome and still kicking it Elvira style. And I have been loving watching her Instagram right now. She's hilarious. You know, she's showing old videos of herself from like this 80s as Elvira and just doing like new pandemic quarantine videos. She's hilarious and she's having just so much fun and she's still so beautiful. It's uh, ridiculous. Um, (laughs) But um, I know she has an Cassandra Peterson has an autobiography coming out and like that is something that I would 100% read. Like she had a really interesting life and a very interesting career. So she began her career at the age of 17 as the youngest showgirl in Las Vegas history. Wow. Got some advice from the king himself, Elvis Presley. She went to Europe, pursued a career as a singer and an actor. She was in an Italian rock band. She's been Italian films like that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. As fans of, well, Italian horror in Italy <laughs> yeah. and Europe, like I, I never knew that about her. So I think that's really, really cool. And I think traveling really can expand somebody's, um, well, it definitely expands your horizons. You can see how other art is created and how other cultures, well, yeah, mm-hmm. create art and how they live and everything. So I think it really helps you make turn into a very well-rounded person. So I thought that was really cool. I really liked uh, learning that. Also, I guess then she does actually sing at the end of the movie like she actually is a singer which is really she is, yeah. neat but I would love to just like look up some of her like maybe there's old videos or something somewhere where I can actually see and or hear mainly just hear her singing in these Italian rock bands that's cool she's definitely had a career show business has been part of her life for a very long time and like mm-hmm. you said like being a, a dancer a singer mm-hmm. actress comedian like she yeah. just she does all these things and she's really built this amazing career for herself through all her talents. Yeah. So after Europe, I learned that she moved back to the U.S. and eventually just settles into Hollywood, where she spent four and a half years with L.A.'s improv comedy group called The Groundlings, like you mentioned. So I didn't know that there's um, some of those um, comedians in the film. Do you remember which actors they were or which characters they played? Uh, definitely the woman who plays Chastity Pariah was oh my God. in the groundlings okay. with her. Because they used to, She, I remember her talking about, in one interview she talked about, she's like, yeah, um, I can't remember her name. She's like, I guess they were trying to improvise a lot more on the scenes and stuff like yeah. that. And I guess when they were in the groundlings together, that uh, woman would always make comments about Cassandra's breasts and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And she would always say, <laughs> so, you know, so it just kind of became natural in the movie yeah. that they were having these jokes around her chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And of course, the pinnacle thing and why we're all here is in 1981, she auditioned for a role for a horror hostess at a local LA television station. So they were looking for horror hosts. A friend of hers knew the director and she had 
Cassandra Peterson, I read, had actually created more of like a Valley Girl-esque type mm-hmm. character, not a spooky character, yeah. but a different, completely different type of role, which they liked. And she got the part, but they yeah. actually wanted something spooky. And then yeah. she created Elvira. And yeah, that show was called Movie Macabre, Game Elvira, Overnight Sensation. Yeah. And that was interesting, too, because like when she first got the call to like audition for the role, she was actually on her honeymoon. Ooh. So when the agent was like, oh, you should come and try this. She's like, I'm on my honeymoon. I'm not leaving my honeymoon to <laughs> go and do this thing that may not um, pan out for me. Yeah. And then when she came back, they were like they were still doing the interview. So she's like, yeah, like you said, she showed up and she was like, yeah, went in with her valley girl uh, character that she used in the groundlings and you, like you said she got hired and they were like okay well you need to come up with a spooky character mm-hmm. like how do you you know and she came up with two different types of characters one was like a Sharon Tate lookalike so uh, long flowy red hair with a sheer gown with pale dead girl look uh, like a punk version of Morticia Adams and Vampi- Vampire mm-hmm. but yeah the studio didn't go for that they liked the other one where she came in dressed like with like the wig and the dress like Elvira essentially that spooky look and they were saying like can you make more give us more cleavage and more slit up the side (laughs) (laughs) that is a really high slit which I only really realized when we did watch Mistress of the Dark last weekend it was like yeah it's like up to her abdomen like that's like past her hip bone like that is a high slit yeah hello yeah and on top of that too and I will get talking more about this later but like it was a drag queen that helped Elvira create Elvira which is awesome like Cassandra Peterson and it was one of her friends who was a drag queen at the time it was a drag queen she went to them for advice and helping them build to build the costume and stuff like that very cool i didn't uh yeah no i definitely d- didn't know that either so she yeah, she's got a interesting origin story that's for sure alvira the the character we all know like for alvira and cassandra herself they talk about a lot how halloween for her is the busiest time of year like oh, yeah. literally her schedule from like october 1st to like the end of the year the that day the 31st is always busy mm-hmm. with appearances and stuff like that and in an interview she talked about how Halloween herself, just as an individual, mm-hmm. is a very important time of year for her as well because traditionally her family owned a costume shop. So her mother cool. and aunt owned a costume shop and Halloween was the busiest time of the year of the family. She said like all kinds of different family members would come to the shop to help them get the costumes out, do the fittings and stuff like that. And so it was a really busy time of year. But then also for her, having her mother own a costume shop, she got the best costumes for costume <laughs> She got dibs. Yeah. She got dibs and she was able to like... She says she won a lot of these contests and then she carried this on with her, like this love for Halloween and costumes on with her in her adult life. And every year at Halloween, there was like a... um, a gay parade in West Hollywood and so she wouldn't have any money but she would build these pieces mm. of a costume together and would take her all year to do this yeah. and that was something she was just so excited about and also too her love of the horror genre mm-hmm. inspired a lot of her costumes yeah. and yeah. she at the age of seven she saw House on Haunted Hills uh, first mm. time with um, with Vincent Price who was in it yeah. when she was young and it's interesting too because we end up getting later on from Elvira Elvira's Elvira's Haunted Hills yeah. which is her homage to House on Haunted Hills and yeah, Vincent yeah. Price movies and the early mm-hmm. Roger Corman films. So it was interesting because she said when she saw this when she was at the age of seven, she was both repulsed and intrigued 
And I Ooh. think we all kind of feel that about horror. Sometimes <laughs> when we watch something, we're like, I'm both repulsed by this movie, but also super intrigued about what's happening. Yeah, we're and terroused. that's what happened to her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're terrified exactly. and aroused at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So from then yeah. on, she became obsessed with finding the next Edgar Allan Poe uh, ripoff movie by Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. She collected horror magazines and toys. Yeah. Like, she was just She's all, a horror in, all kid. into it. Yeah, and she just loved Halloween. And for her... Um, and like for Kelly and I and for a lot of us horror movies are her comfort food she turns mm-hmm. to them when she is stressed when she needs to have a uh, release rewind she turns to those old horror movie classics yeah. that she grew up with yeah. that was uh, Cassandra Peterson when she was younger I love that and you know and she she's great because she's such like yeah she's one of those old horror kids that grew up on the old black and white films and universal monsters and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love that because I feel like people like that just have like a not a true or better appreciation of the genre, but I think they have a really good understanding of the genre. And I have seen more of those old horror black and white movies because of her, because I love her. Yes, and I yeah. love just like her being the host and like jumping in and just, you know, narrating it a little bit. And her commentary has actually gotten me to watch more of those old movies and kind of just see where, where horror came from. So I appreciate that so much. And I love that that's like, she's just like this old school horror fan. I love it so much. After week, I'm good for a shriek as <laughs> and there it is the shriek week after week i'm good for a shriek as i pluck from our vaults another tale of the bizarre now this time around i'm serving up a little grabber called the attack of the killer tomatoes and speaking of grabbers i have a few choice words for that guy in the supermarket who grabbed me by the tomatoes So, of course, Elvira. She is this amazing, you kind of touched on this. So Elvira combines sexuality with humor, but also, you know, there's a dark side. So she can be spooky and sexy and intelligent and into horror. It can be all those things. Like, it does not, you know, being a horror fan and or, you know, being sexy, nothing it doesn't all have to be like mutually exclusive. Like, you can be yeah. all those things, or you can be a combination mm-hmm. of those things, or you can just be one of those things. Whatever. It's all okay. Well, what's amazing about her is that she combines all those elements and like, and I know that you you appreciate the humor aspect of it. And I like that too. And I, I love that she does combine all of those things and as like a teenager that's something that I think is very very relatable and what was really sad and interesting and you know I think just a product of being a creator so yeah you say she left her honeymoon to go and do this audition which changed her life like this completely changed her life but yeah she got paid $300 a week to be the hostess with the mostess, which is sad, but like it changed her life. Like she didn't think that Elvira would take over her entire career and love and career and life. And she loves it. And I love that too about her that she's just like, oh yeah, I I just ran with it. It became so popular worldwide. It even played in Canada. I wish that like I was old enough to see this when it was happening then. Like I was, well, I was born in 83. So I just was not old enough to to really know kind of what was going on, sadly. But it definitely would have been something I would have been super, super interested. So it was 1981. It was called Movie Macabre. And that ran for, for quite a while. But what's also really cool about... Elvira, or at least, you know, Cassandra Peterson. But uh, then she created her own production company, Queen Bee Productions. And that's where all of her movies and some shows that she has uh, been involved with, like Heavy Metal Heaven, which I really should look up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And The Search for the Next Elvira, which I sadly have not Uh, seen, which I I saw. I think I saw that. I remember that when I was in university. Yeah. They were doing that. Yeah. 
I don't know really what came out of that because I don't see anything about any other Elvira because she's still Elvira because she has not retired yet. (laughs) This character is going to go on for quite a while more because she is in her 60s, but she's doing great. Everything's good. She looks good. This is all good. She's doing great. But she co-wrote, produced, and starred in, yeah, the the movie we're talking about today, 1988's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And then, Mm -hmm. like the movie you mentioned, Elvira's Haunted Hills in 2001, which is amazing. Like, she's written, co-wrote, produced. She starred in these movies. She has her own production company. And it's incredible. And we'll get into, like, truly Elvira and what she means to us and the world and the horror community and everything a little bit later. But, yeah, that was Elvira. Created this wonderful blend of, like, camp, humor, sexiness, spooky horror hostess, gothic horror, especially in the in the early, but like more campy in the movie and created this like pop culture icon that transcends horror because everyone knows who Elvira is, you know, like she even if you're not a horror fan, you know who Elvira is. Well, yeah. And like uh, RuPaul talked about this when they did their uh, drive together, driving with RuPaul and RuPaul talked about how everyone knows who Elvira is. Yeah. She's a part of Americana. She is yeah. a part of culture now. Yeah. And you can't like not talk to someone who said, oh, do you know who Elvira is? Especially in the queer community. Like mm-hmm. she's, uh, she calls herself the drag queen that doesn't need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. Yeah, man. Like she, you know, like if you're outside the horror community, queer community, you, like everyone knows who Elvira is. Like my brother would know who Elvira is and like he's not any, he doesn't fall into any of those categories, but he knows yeah. exactly who she is. So, I love that she just transcends. She transcends life, really. And uh, one really other interesting fact about Cassandra, before you can move on more and talking about Elvira herself, the empowered woman, the queen of mm. Halloween, is that what Elvira has given to Cassandra Peterson herself as an individual is the ability to have her own life. Mm. So mm-hmm. Cassandra Peterson has a daughter. I did not know this. I didn't and know that she either. Talked about, <laughs> yeah, she talked about it in this interview with Rue about how yeah. um, her daughter doesn't seem to really like Halloween because like she's never been around. She's like, she doesn't get to spend the time with right. her daughter around Halloween so that but at the same time too she feels like having a character like Avara has allowed her to have a bit of a have a normal life yeah. in the sense that she can take she can walk outside her door yep. and she can take her daughter out you yep. know and do stuff together and it's completely fine for her and I feel yeah. like that's also like allowed her to be really down to earth person which mm-hmm. I really like about Elvira and like and especially because like when I met Cassandra Peterson I was like oh my god you're like you're a goddess I love you and she's just like oh goodness she, she's just laughing yeah, and at the she's time so I'm like humble. And I'm like, I am so not worthy. And she's like, do, 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 do. like, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that, too, because Elvira is just it's some people often like don't even recognize Cassandra Peterson. Right. Yeah. Like you take all that and that's like pretty intense, like get up and costume and like makeup and hair and like you can't you don't even recognize her. So, yeah, I love that because so many celebrities, they they don't get that 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 kind of freedom. <laughs> that they can yeah. just, they, yeah, she's not recognized. I love that. Yes, I love learning about that because she can actually separate herself and like, this is my Elvira life and this is like my my actual life mm-hmm. and she can just live it. And yeah, I agree with you. I think that's so fantastic. And I maybe that's allowed her to also just be uh, that down to earth person because like Jess, I've, I've met um, 
I'll say Elvira because um, she was dressed as Cassandra Peterson is dressed as Elvira and she is just like the most down to earth, sweet, lovely, wonderful person, like the the best person you will ever meet. And like she gets it. She totally understands and appreciates all her fans. And she will I feel like she will never be that entitled celebrity like she appreciates everything and she loves it like she this is her life like she's lived this since 19 yeah 81. This has been a part of her life. So that's, I think that's so incredible. Pipe down in there. Hey, I've seen a people's court. I'm entitled to one phone call and a strip search. Well, there's a pay phone right across the street. What's the matter? You forget where you put your broom? Listen, fatso. If I had a broom, I'd know exactly where I'd put it. So now we're going to get into Elvira herself, our empowered woman, queen of Halloween, our goddess of horror, our everything. Okay, so Elvira is the queen of Halloween. She does so many appearances during Halloween, like she said, and... Cassandra Peterson has made Elvira, the character, the woman, the person, a brand. Cassandra Peterson created Elvira, and she actually owns the image and the character of Elvira, which is incredible. She is an entrepreneur. She can do whatever she wants with this character. She owns all the marketing for it, which is a huge profit margin for Cassandra Peterson because Elvira is the best-selling costume of all time, which is not surprising. I have always wanted to dress up as Elvira. (laughs) I almost have many times. I still would love to. Maybe at some point in my life I will. Well, now I probably could fill out the costume a bit better but than before, <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to. It was that an evil Lily from Legend that yes. I always wanted to dress up as for, for Halloween. So I think that is incredible because how many people do you know that have created like a character or like a brand or whatever and actually owns it and they can get all the money back from it? Like all these celebrities and all these people mm that do have some kind of characters like they go to these conventions and do all these things but like they're getting minimal money or none at all from any of the merchandise that anyone sends any of these like t-shirt companies the Funko Pops and like any of these types of things like she owns a brand and I love that I love that so much because she's like yep oh this is hugely popular I own all of this and like she just like grabbed the rights to this grabbed the trademark for that and like I remember watching an interview with her but she's like oh yeah well people didn't really own that or they didn't really care to own that. So she just like quickly gathered up all the, you know, just all the licensing for that. She's like, oh yeah, I might as well take that. And then she just ran with it. Yeah, which is a very precious thing in this day and age to be able to own your brand and own your marketing rights to a character you've created, right? Because yep. not everyone, like you said, not even not a lot of actors and actresses have that, right? You know, people who yep. played, you know, like um, Patrick Stewart playing John Luke Picard. Yeah, he's famous in his own way, but he owes no yeah. none of the. He doesn't own the character to Picard, even yeah. though uh, Patrick Stewart will always know him. Will always know him as that, you yeah. know, or as, as um, or Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey. But oh Elvira owns Elvira, yeah. and she's very smart for <laughs> on being on top of that with her with her marketing and her brand of her character. And like you said, licensing and merchandising the fuck out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, she has her own jewelry line, which is very beautiful and very gothic. I'd never wear it. It's just like, she has that. There's makeup. There's, yeah. Costumes. The costume. There's a a wine out there, apparently. And, like, it's apparently you can only get it off of eBay and it's super expensive because there was, like, a limited 
to release. But like, yeah, she's got her. She's on everything. Like, <laughs> and this is like before, like back in like the seventies and like early eighties and nineties when she was really popular, like skateboards and yeah. blankets yeah. and t-shirts <laughs> and hair pieces and yeah. popcorn machines, pinball machines. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, what was I? I was looking up today. She has a cereal that it's of course only available through Hot Topic, and I looked it up. I couldn't Funko. really find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Funko uh, cereal. Yeah, the cereal. So when you put milk in it, it turns black. And I was like, I want this. I wonder if it's vegan, but I couldn't find it. I only did a very basic search anyways. So like she is everywhere and she gets all the money from it. So folks, she is smart. She's so smart. I love it so much. And I love the brand and the clothing and the t-shirts. So boy. And what's amazing about it too, though, is that other, like she supports other celebrities and you think like Elvira, like she's not like share or like, like, well, she's big, like she's big for us in our community and stuff like that yeah. and in the, in the queer community. But like, you know, she has other performers who come and see her perform like share mm-hmm. RuPaul's a big fan of hers. Dita Von Teese is a fan mm-hmm. of Elvira, like, right. And we all know like Dita Von mm-hmm. Teese is a famous burlesque dancer, mm-hmm. but she is the, the queen of all things spooky and all things Halloween. And which is really interesting, too, is that she was also very smart about getting on top of things on the Internet because mm. there was a concern with uh, movie macabre like so things were you know it syndicated for seven years it was reruns a lot mm-hmm. and I remember when, like when we see like when the internet really kicked off like in 2008 a lot of people who really relied upon people going to like movie stores and stuff like that to watch yeah. films or to watch these old things like so they start dropping and so for her she realized that she had to get on the internet and while she was concerned about that it really helped her career because people can get more, got more content from her Mm -hmm. and she was able to be seen more online she collaborated with different artists Mm -hmm. you know creating Elvira games and Elvira songs and (gasps) then got into using being on the internet more and more uh, frequent that's when um, Elvira 13 Nights of Horror like that's when they rebooted the movie Mm -hmm. Macabre's again that's when she got involved with like doing all those like full moon movies and stuff like that so yeah she's so smart she's just like she's just a what word am I looking for she's just ahead of the game she's like oh this is trending this is like this is what's the up-and-coming technology that I'm gonna get in on that like yeah Yeah. it's impressive and oh my god when you said games I just had a flashback so when I was a kid I used to play I think there's one or two Elvira PC games oh my god from the 90s and I remember playing one all the time it was so hard because I was like a kid I was like 10 years old trying to play this yeah 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 like video game but on the computer this computer game oh my goodness gracious I remember I used to kept, kept getting my eyes plucked out by these crows I just remember that so vividly all of a sudden <laughs> oh my having goodness. flashbacks to the Elvira again I'm like I love Elvira and I was playing this really grim game on my dad's computer all the time nice that is amazing that one of the biggest things that always stood out to me and it stands out to me even more now that I am an adult is and even when I was younger I think I re- realized this but I didn't really like recognize it like I so, like realized but didn't recognize I couldn't articulate it but it was something really huge for me and is that Elvira is a feminist icon she is mm-hmm. hugely important to me and hugely empowering I think for women Elvira I think takes in a lot of of course Cassandra Peterson's attitude and something that I think personally, I think a lot of people think is very empowering and relatable, like kind of like what you said, Jess, at the beginning is like, just be true to yourself. Elvira will never apologize for who she is. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. She gives zero fucks. She's going to do whatever she wants and she's going to be authentic, her own authentic self. We'll say that in modern terms, but she's just going to give it her all. And there is a quote that I really liked in one of the articles. I think you read, I saw some notes, but uh, Cassandra Peterson had said, 
Elvira kind of represents all the people who don't fit in, who feel for some reason, especially when they're going through puberty or their teenage years, something is wrong with them. Elvira represents a total misfit. She's kind of an outcast, but she doesn't care. I think it gives people like that the attitude of, I don't have to be upset about it. I can just go my own way and be who I am. And... Yeah, I think that kind of attitude, which is very prominent and and obvious, I think, with Elvira, that really spoke to me as a teenager. Again, maybe I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I can now and definitely now as an adult is something that is hugely important. And I know that that is hugely important to the reason why I am who I am today, because it's the same thing. Give zero fucks. I've always been myself (laughs) and I've never cared what anybody thought. And that's been going since I was like 16 years old. So, man... Elvira and I are like the same yeah two peas in a (laughs) pod but like you're very right you're right in the sense that as a feminist icon like I remember when I first saw Elvira Mistress of the Dark and stuff like that and maybe this is because like I was having a lot of my own uh, body image issues and stuff like that Mm. and I remember kind of being a little like put off but like oh she's like super sexy and I can never be super sexy and then you have a hard time like taking her seriously and that's the one thing I really love about her now is that because she looks just because she looks sexy and she mm-hmm. wants to, you know, and she's showing off kind of what she has mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, flaunted if you got it, honey. Yeah. But she also, she's like super intelligent and she's super and yep. smart and, and, you know, and she's uh, an empowered woman, like you said, and she doesn't take shit from anyone. Mm-hmm. And even when she acts like that naive valley girl attitude, you're like, yep. she's willing to stand up for herself and really be positive about her, about her body as well. Yep. And not in, you know, and try and help women not to be afraid of the assets that we have mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm to celebrate our female form and I think that's really important as well you know especially like in the horror community like you know women if we tend to look too sexy in the horror community or something like that you're not seen as a serious horror person you're seen as like a fake you're a fake horror you're a fake horror fan because you're a hot girl are you are you showing off some skin something like that we're like no that's not true just because I want to show off my skin doesn't mean that I don't like horror or I'm not a a super fan or I'm not a horror hostess like yeah (laughs) no again it's not mutually exclusive like it's not like you know when you joined the horror fan club you know you got this card and it says like these are the rules and conduct yeah. you can't do this you have to look a certain way you have to do this and when you mentioned <laughs> that dress code <laughs> yeah, there's a dress code there's uh, a horror dress code <laughs> well like there kind of is you know your your you know your your t-shirts and your, your horror yeah. shirts and jeans <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like the uniform, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, in the top of my head, I was just thinking about there's this uh, woman that I started following. She loves extreme horror, but she also loves being a model and not wearing a lot of clothes, and that's still fine. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not mutually exclusive. And I've also not worn clothes and been and taken very bloody, sexy photos, and I am still a horror fan. So again, like, I feel like I can relate more to her mm. even now than I did yeah. as as a teenager. And you're right, I love that. It's just like she's not taken seriously which is really really too bad so there was this article and it's called why elvira is my feminist hero and i'm gonna add in also cassandra peterson yeah yeah um and i read this and i was like yep i literally agree with every single thing that this woman named danielle said oh, and so yes, let's go yeah. through it it's just like it's very simple but i was like yes this is exactly yeah. it this is exactly it number one elvira mistress of the dark written by cassandra peterson herself is a feminist masterpiece elvira stands up to sexism and it's something we know and can tell in this movie that yes. elvira experiences regularly and she stands up to it like she's it's almost like she's bored she's like ugh, like the guys from in the, the bowling alley uh, 
from, uh, from the very start of the movie, right? When yeah. you have the TV producer trying to uh, hit on her, and he's like, you told me she was a nympho, and she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> and she's not afraid to call everyone out and punch someone and be like... Call out on their shit, yeah. yeah. How about that stereotype, that just because, you know, she's got some cleavage going, that she's a nymphomaniac. It's like, no, yeah. maybe she feels good, and that looks good. It does, and I'm sure it yeah. does. So, yeah, the guys of the bowling alley are disgusting. Yeah. Uh, she empowers all the youth youth of our nation <laughs> she saves the town and she takes care of herself yes, and I love does. that so much and the biggest thing that I really took away after watching Elvira Mistress of the Dark with you Jess uh, last weekend is uh, also again relating to her now uh, more so when I was a teenager is that she was really attracted to Bob and she just took took matters into her own hand. Uh. She's like, I'm attracted to him and I'm going to make the first move and I'm going to be like hitting on him and very like forthcoming and sexy and sensual. And he's just like so awkward about it. I was like, this is my dating life. And I remember you saying that when we were watching the movie. You're like, yeah, this is me on a first date. And yep. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> It is. I was like, oh, my God. Yep, I get this. Like, we are one. And we talked about this a little bit. Two, she embraces her body. So Elvira gets underestimated because of how she looks. And we know that she's intelligent. She's funny. Mm -hmm. She's a very compassionate, lovely, loving person. Yeah. And if you don't, if you, like you said, if you're just going to judge a book by its cover, then like there's no place for you here. You just need to, to get over yourself a little bit. Yeah. Elvira's in on the joke. Yes. And this is, I think, a huge difference between like her and other characters and other people and what really may, really helps make her special is that she's in on the joke she's gonna she'll wink at the camera wink at other people and like in the show or in her you know the tv shows that she's done the movie macabres and the 13 nights of of horror with her she'll make political statements using elvira she uses that kind of like you said that dumb valley girl vibe to have fun but we're laughing with her and we are not laughing at her and i think that makes a huge difference like we're all just having a good time with this she knows her boobs are huge so let's all laugh about it like she's (laughs) you know what she says she puts the boob back in boob tube <laughs> yeah exactly exactly this this i found very interesting and also i did not know okay so in the article um, they mentioned she uses makeup as empowerment so when cassandra peterson was an itty bitty baby she actually was scalded by boiling water and yeah. required skin grafts over 35 percent of her body and spent three months in the hospital so you know kids are terrible and they made fun yep. of her so she used makeup to cover up her scarring and help her gain confidence and like alvira like that's really amazing and like you have to do that and kids are terrible and they bully and they make fun of but she uses that and then this like Elvira's makeup is like on point and like one day I still haven't attempted it but like it is so good and like when she puts like when Cassandra Cassandra Peterson puts that whole Elvira garb on I was like you are timeless and ageless like she looks the exact same as she's always have it's just like it's so good it's so good well she says if you can get the wig and the makeup done you're good you've got Elvira yeah <laughs> oh my god, maybe this will be the year. Maybe this is the year I do. Maybe Elvira. this is the year, yeah. If we have Halloween, if the world doesn't end, we no, will. No, we're gonna have Halloween. <laughs> Save Halloween. <laughs> I know Jess, you'll probably have a comment on this, but Cassandra Peterson and Elvira challenges ageist norms. So Cassandra Peterson is over 60 years old and still dressing like Elvira. Yeah. You know, society has comments and, you know, maybe there's a rule of conduct. There's like a dress code to be over 60 and how you're supposed to act and look and dress. But zero fucks given. And she'll continue to do as she pleases. And I love that. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Like, I try not to be ageist myself. Uh, I tend to be a little ageist when it comes to younger people. 
people. But when it comes to older people, I'm just like, fuck it. Do what you want. If you want to dress this way, if you want to celebrate the way you want to live your life, do it. And I love that Elvira does that. I love that. Sorry, Elvira. Cassandra Peterson still does that. That Mm -hmm. She talked about 20 years ago retiring. And that's where that whole, you know, the search for the next Elvira came out. Because, like, she was talking about retiring and, and, you know, not doing this anymore. But she keeps doing it. And like she says, she's like, I'm going to keep doing it until I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> not when not when they tell me I need to be done, but when yeah. I'm done. Yes, I love that. And again, that's like the whole, I love that so much. That's the, just like the whole attitude of Elvira and Cassandra Peterson, right? It's just like, no, no, no. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to take this into myself and I'm going to say what I'm done. It's essentially the same as if I wanted your opinion, I beat it at you. Yep. So it's just like, <laughs> when I'm ready to retire, I will retire. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. And then the last point in this article that I was like, yeah, I 100% agree with all of this is that she's made a, a 35 plus year career out of a character that she developed she created she developed she owns and this pretty much says it all yeah. like she made this character on a whim and it just changed her entire life it made her career it changed her career made a fortune I'm sure from all of her appearances definitely from her merchandising and like I said she transcended she transcends everything and to me I just feel like she is this amazing amazing feminist icon and I love it so much and we'll move into unless you have anything else to say about that oh I just wanted to say that you know the fact that she owns this character herself coming from an industry that is known for like shady dealings right yeah. for take, taking things out from under people's uh you know noses trying to mm-hmm. always have like the studios are always trying to have control about things but she herself is like an empire in herself and she has like created her own character yeah. and she owns it and she will never and she's like rupaul in that sense that they both own the yeah. the brands that they've created and that they will continue on to always do that and this is kind of like perfect segue into talking about mm-hmm. elvira as a gay icon which I always found was very interesting because I didn't really know this. Like, yeah. I didn't really know much about this. So I've loved learning about it. And this is also, too, where I learned more about her when I came out as bisexual and got myself more involved in the queer community and just, like, this love and reverence that is for Elvira. Wow. Because she is campy as fuck. She's hilarious. <laughs> and, like you said, she's in on the joke. She makes yeah. fun. She's all funny and sexy and stuff yeah. like that. And she makes sex jokes and she has no problem about those things. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's uh, a role model for a lot of drag queens and a lot of drag queens are gay young men who love uh, the fact that she is just you know so out there and she's so brazen (laughs) and what's interesting is that Cassandra Peterson considers Elvira um, as her younger self and mm. that's because she grew up having to have a tough attitude because she was a weird kid like you said mm-hmm. she had these burns she would show up in school in these crazy ass costumes and she'd get <laughs> made fun of she was the, like the horror kid that got made fun of and yeah. that's where she got that tough exterior yeah. and that tough personality and because she's also such a huge part of pop culture and about Americana and that's one of the things about being a drag queen um, is that you need to be on top of your top of your pop culture references you need to know what's going on, what's the biggest thing, what's popular. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she herself has always, too, been a huge supporter of the queer community. Yeah, you know, yeah. when she started out her, her career as a go-go dancer at a gay bar, mm. she ended up performing with other drag queens um, when mm-hmm. they did an act for the, of the Supremes, and she would get herself all dressed up in drag. And essentially what Cassandra Peterson does, dressing up as Elvira, is drag. It's mm-hmm. a huge, it's a form, it's a, it's a woman in drag. And she says, I'm a woman in drag. I'm yeah. a queen that doesn't 
doesn't have to tuck. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. She I spent love that. A, yeah, right? And she spent a lot of her time in the queer community, um, hanging out with a lot of gay men. A lot of her early jobs were dancing with a troop of gay men, getting dressed mm-hmm. up, dancing with them, going to the Halloween parade in West Hollywood with all the gay men. Mm-hmm. You know, a drag queen helped her create her costume. So from the very, for all her life, like, and she even said, like, you know, growing up, she knew who the queer kids were in her school, mm-hmm. you know, and she gravitated towards them, right? And she gravitated, and she know, and she was in acting, and even if she didn't know that they were gay, and she ended up meeting them years later again at reunions and found out they were gay, it's just, yeah. she was attracted to them as individuals because they were out there, and they're creative, and they're doing yeah. acting. Yeah. 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 So long supporter of AIDS charities and gay yeah. rights. And she yeah. 100% embraces the community and the community like embraces her. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a lot of drag queens like to dress up like Elvira. Uh, <laughs> I love you know, it. Oh, yeah. AKA Sharon Needles. Oh, I love you, Sharon. Oh, but I'm my pretty God, sure Sharon every, Needles. every uh, drag queen <laughs> is at some point dressed up like Elvira, especially <laughs> these spook queens, the spooky drag queens. Yeah. She likes to give a lot of advice uh, to drag queens um, because she's got advice from them. So she feels like she likes to give back to them. Mm -hmm. And so from this article that uh, both Kelly and I find about Elvira as a gay icon, I really like this one quote that I'm going to read to you guys. And we'll have this article in the show notes. But for the gay community, there was something about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, that if they were gay, made them feel some sort of camaraderie with Elvira. She is this horrible misfit person and actually turned out good. She made it to Vegas. Maybe I can too. Back in the day when you were gay and and you felt like everyone was on the religious right and you felt like you didn't fit in, that movie allowed you to be able to connect with her and you could feel like a lot of young men and women who felt like they weren't accepted and they wanted to be run out of town on a rail they saw that they could actually make it work and it wasn't the end of their lives so you can relate to that character and she was able to turn things around and also too what I love so much about Alvara is that she's appeared on like she's friends with RuPaul Mm -hmm. they've done lots of appearances like earlier today I sent Kelly um, an image of Elvira on the RuPaul show in the 1980s and then Elvira has appeared on RuPaul's Drag Race twice on season 4 with with winner Sharon Needles and then again on season 11 with winner Evie Oddly and I always think it's so interesting that she was on both those uh, seasons and both the like spooky odd yep. queens end up winning totally uh, the show I, so I noticed it's so that too. great <laughs> folks yeah. we're both drag race uh fans so yes. we watch that spinster fun facts but she is and like you said in those episodes yeah. when people are like elvira is coming on they're like yes everyone like, knows her everyone totally knows her. yeah yep. yeah it was interesting to learn all of that because that is definitely an element uh besides like yes watching those episodes of drag race i didn't realize how entrenched in the queer community Elvira was but like it totally makes sense mm-hmm. it totally makes sense and I love that yes she was raised money and awareness for the you know like AIDS and HIV work and prevention of that and just so so amazing also yeah watching that uh, drives with RuPaul or whatever that show was <laughs> yeah. for a brief period of time that Elvira Mistress of the Dark is in his top five favorite movies of yes. all time I was like what yes. I love Elvira too and I was like man like she's just huge and everybody looks up to her and that and that yeah that makes sense I just never really realized that like maybe it's something more that I have to learn about that women can do drag you know and I was like that mm. makes sense like she is extra 
Yeah. <laughs> like the makeup, the hair, and the costuming. Like, it's just very extra. And the personality, right? Yeah. Because as a drag queen, you build a personality based around your character, right? And that's yes. what she does. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense to me, like, logically. And it's like, I just never would have realized that that was a thing. So, Elvira is the queen of Halloween. She's a feminist icon. She's a gay icon. She is just our goddess. So... Makes me wonder. So a question for you, and this is kind of almost like a chicken, chicken, what came first, chicken or the egg kind of scenario. So with Elvira, and it's happened quite a few times. Uh, so in, Vira, in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, someone says, how's your head? And she's like, I haven't had any complaints before. Uh-huh. And always on RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul will sometimes ask yep. the queen, how's your head? And they're like, I haven't had any complaints before. And I'm like, is that from Elvira? It has Who to said be. It first? Is it from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? Or was it something that came from the drag queen community? I don't know, but I feel like it was Elvira. Elvira who said it in the movie and then it's just carried on from there. In the context of what we're talking about as a gay <laughs> icon, that's, for me that makes complete sense and when I heard it in the show for the first time, I was like, oh yeah, no yeah, this is an Elvira reference okay, so yeah. if anybody knows anything otherwise, let us know, but I'm in that so that makes sense that like RuPaul is like, that's his favorite movie and like, it, it all just makes sense, it all comes together and yeah, I, I would say a lot, like a whole bunch of certainty that yes it is an Elvira reference in Oh my gosh, Elvira, I'm sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? I haven't had any complaints yet. Is it time for Spinster's final thoughts? It is. I love Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, the film, so much. And now as an adult, I'm really glad that I understand all the jokes, except for that one. (laughs) I was like, as a kid, you don't understand all the sexy jokes. (laughs) Yeah. And even sometimes, because she kind of like says things to herself to the side that like you still notice new fun things about it. It's just like this. So that movie, like I said, it's my comfort film, but it's like this campy, fun feminist film. And one I think we all should be loving and appreciating and talking about way more because we don't as a horror community it's severely underrated it is a classic and i love it and folks should talk about it more and watch it more and talk about it like we are so overall i really feel like my final thoughts could easily be summed up in my monthly pick which is called my ode to spooky women Mm, yes as a self-proclaimed spooky woman elvira really helped create that and she will always be an important part of who i am spooky sexy confident and i own my own life I have created my life, my career. I haven't given any fucks for many, many years. Elvira knows who she is, isn't afraid to show it, and she lives honestly. I do too. And I really appreciate her more and more as I age and as she ages. Well, Elvira is ageless. Cassandra Peterson will sadly age. And when the time comes that woman leaves this earthly plane, I will be beyond devastated because she has brought so much into my life personally into many people's lives, the horror community, the gay community, and she is just, just wonderful. And there's there's so much that I could say that I've already rambled on about throughout this episode, but read my Ode to Spooky Women because women like her are the reason why I am who I am today. And if you know me, I think you'll agree. Exactly. And for me, for my final thoughts around Elvira is she's my spooky role model. 
one of many. You know, being able to see how she can be sexy and spooky, but also funny and campy at the same time, too. And that's what I, I gravitate towards Elvira with, because as I'm trying to find my own horror identity and my own identity within the horror community, and in a way, like Kelly and I here, we're working as the spinsters of horror, we're kind of creating our own brand. And so we're trying to create, and create our own selves as these spinsters. And I like to kind of like look towards Elvira and see what she's kind of created, what Cassandra Peterson's created and creating the character of Elvira and being like, yeah, I can be like a horror, like, you know, be a spooky, smart horror person, but also be awkward as fuck and still kind of be funny at the same time too. And if it happens to be adorable, adorable as well. But I just love the fact that she was able to create this character and create this brand and it's, it's influenced our pop culture for decades now and is going to continue to influence pop culture. You know, women of the horror genre are going to look back to Elvira just as we do for Vampira and we say like, look, these were our forebears. These are the women who came before us as horror hostess and celebrating our love for horror and all things Halloween. And huge important icon for the queer community because she because she has such a big voice in the community because she has such an influence on pop culture she's able to be a voice for the queer community and for uh, drag queens and for acceptance and I just that's what I love so much about her is that not only does she bring you know a lot of joy and camp and a lot of spookiness to the horror community she brings that out into like the real world because people in the real world know who Elvira is and but she also has this positive message of empowerment for women for for the queer community, for that weird kid who is a misfit in their classroom to just know that, hey, just stick it out. Keep being who you, are, who you wanna be because at the end of the day, you're gonna be amazing and you're gonna be great. I just think that's amazing. And that's why I love Elvira and I love this movie. I've always dreamed of doing this and now I've got my chance. So excuse me while I indulge myself
And that ends our exploration of our Mistress of the Dark, Elvira. We want to thank Dance of the Dead for our intro-outro music, Robeast, and Brandon for all of his hard work on our promotional materials. Also, I want to thank all of you listeners. We want to remind you to follow us on our website, spinstersofhorror.com, our Facebook page, Spinsters of Horror, and we also have our Facebook group called the Spinsters of Horror Coven. So come join us in our group. You can also find us on Twitter at Horror Spinsters, as well as Instagram at Spinsters of Horror. As well, please rate and review us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and any other podcasting app you listen to us to. And a reminder, we have merch. Please visit TeePublic to purchase our t-shirts and buy stickers from our shop. We also have a donation button if you'd like to contribute. Next month, we are returning to the supernatural with a look at werewolves. We'll be exploring the topics of transformation and masculinity in the films The Wolfman from 1941 and Dog Soldiers from 2002. Until then, remember, the future of fear is female. 